1: gentlemen welcome back to a monumental an enormous some would say a congo-like episode of veterans minimum i am your host nick dais at the lame shows where you can find me at veterans minimum is where you can find everything vm whether it's twitter instagram patreon youtube full episodes now up on the youtube shout out to video editor dom Bebe on the ones and twos over there doing his thing youtube stuff on there too and facebook Get us on Facebook too as well. So a couple of housekeeping notes. We do have a big announcement for the future of the show. This is the new, new era of Veterans Minimum. And I appreciate to everyone that has listened, whether in the past, now, in the future, all of you guys are appreciated because you guys have contributed to building the brand to a certain point where it is now. And the announcement at the end of the episode will make sense as to what is going on. So to all of you that have clicked, subscribe have liked, commented, tweeted, told your mother, your father, your grandmother, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your anything about VM, I salute you guys from the bottom of my heart. I also want to salute my guy G Martini, the winner of the November Patreon contest. G, you will hear his voice in the coming weeks. He will be a guest on an episode. One of the prizes was a 15 to 20-minute segment. He gets to pick the topic. And we're just going to shoot the shit like we do VM style. So, G Martini, I appreciate you for number one, your allegiance to VM. uh Also, cheap plug, a Twitter sub, also, Bay Bay. And being a Patreon member, man, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And congrats on winning a chance to come on the show. Gonna get shout out on social media, and also I'm going to send you a merch bundle, some custom merch over here. I also want to give a shout-out to the following Patreon members. Nick Chavez, Chuck Page, Bo Clore, Ryan Pissner, that's my guy, Daniel Gibson, and Marshall, oh boy, Tork Tork Torchesk, Marshall T. Everyone's name that I just mentioned, you have until Thursday. Hit me up. I'm sending you guys merch because you guys have donated over $300 to the Patreon in its existence. So to those names that I mentioned, reach out to me and you will get some merch sent your way. Also, shout out to Derek Plates, Christopher Velasquez, my girl KJH, Corey Johnson Hoops. You guys are all in the $20 tier and above. So housekeeping stuff. Out the way if you guys follow us where you follow us you also know that we're doing a giveaway go to itunes write a review give us a five-star frog spice review screenshot tag it on your instagram tag us in your stories on social media show us that you wrote a review the best one is going to get announced the winner is going to get announced on the thursday pod alan and i and we will send you a hat and a shirt before we get to some football stuff, I need to get this off my chest. The New York Knicks have hired Coach Fisdale. David Fisdale is the latest in the absolute long line, Park Avenue long, Madison Avenue long line of New York coaches that have been deleted from the situation. Look, the bottom line is this, folks, and I don't know where else you're going to hear this the Knicks are fucked since Dolan took over the team in 1990 2000 sorry 1999 2000 they've hired the most head coaches and have put out the most combinations of starting fives during that tenure yet somehow it's the GMs it's the president of basketball operations it's the head coach it's the roster not being good enough no fam it's you James Dolan I know you're listening it's you Uh, I was at Madison Square Garden a couple of weeks ago. Shout out to Chat Sports. They hooked us up with some tickets. I took my buddy Steven. uh, Shout out to One Duo Music. They're putting out a new single, Cheap Plug. But we were over there and the crowd was just chanting fire, Dolan," you know, sell the team, sell the team, all that fun stuff. And here's the thing. I've given up hope on the New York Knicks. For those of you guys that are not from New York, you need to understand that the Knicks – are a team who the fan base is starving to just make the eighth seed. Like, we're not asking for much, guys. Linsanity running wild, and they went on a six, seven game winning streak, and he was balling out, and they were ready to hang his jersey in the rafters. The New York Knicks are not going to be good until James Dolan is no longer the owner of the team. The same thing goes with the Mets. Same thing goes with a couple of other franchises and sports that their owner is just completely inept. It starts at the top. Ownership is key. It does not get the amount of attention and respect that it deserves. But it starts at the top. Why is it that no free agents wanted to come here this summer? Why is it that they signed 19 power forwards that all do the same thing? The, the, the franchise is in shambles. It's a joke. And the worst part about it is if they were literally called anything else but New York... If they were the Milwaukee Knicks, you could sit courtside for like 70 bucks, but you're still paying $4,000 to sit in Celebrity Row or $350 to get seats right behind the rim. It's absolutely ridiculous how expensive the tickets are at Madison Square Garden. But then again, that's why they're the most valuable NBA franchise, according to Forbes. So, you know, they fire Fisdale, right? He won 21 games in... in I think like 110 games coached right something crazy what did you want the guy to do like he they they signed all these power forwards and all these guards he has to shuffle through the rotation now his downfall was that he mismanaged the young guys right like Wayne Ellington shouldn't be playing over RJ Barrett Uh, Taj Gibson shouldn't be getting minutes over Kevin Knox and look I know the jury's still out on Kevin Knox he's a young dude but like Frank Nilakina should be playing some of these minutes. If Mitchell Robinson can stay out of foul trouble for the... Fuck, yo. This guy's a beast, but he picks up three fouls within four minutes of being on the floor. So the thing with the Knicks is that nothing's going to change until it changes at the top. And the one thing the Knicks have going for them, it's it, it, it's R.J. Barrett. I love watching R.J. Barrett. I think he's the only bright spot on the team. Julius Randle, Blows, right? These guys are not a part of the the, the franchise moving forward. It's RJ Barrett, it's Frank Nilakina, it's Kevin Knox, and it's Mitchell Robinson. That's your core four. Build with those young guys. They're still on cheap contracts. You don't need to do anything stupid. Frank Nilakina is the prime, he's my number one pick for a guy that's gonna get traded to a team that's competent. And then you're gonna be like, yo, you know what the Knicks could use? A guy like Frank Nilakina. It was the same shit that happened with Trevor Ariza years ago. So I had to get this off my chest. In two decades of struggles, worst win percentage since 2000, 2001, the New York Knicks, 400 win percentage. The Hornets and the Bobcats, 417. Timberwolves, 422. Wizards, 428. They've reached the playoffs five times in 20 years. It's just like nothing nothing seems to be working. And I think James Dolan needs to look in the mirror because even when he says he's not going to be hands-on, he's hands-on. It's, you know, Mike Woodson was like the best coach they've had since, since like Jeff Van Gundy left, right? He was 109 and 79 from 2012 to 2014. And, you know, Glenn Grunwald was the old GM and he got canned too. And then Phil Jackson came in and they're like, Yeah, here's here's twenty million dollars or sixty sorry, sixty million dollars. And now they paid him to go. Right? They're they're paying all these guys. These guys don't even finish their tenure with the team. Derek Fisher, two years into a five year twenty five million dollar deal. It was just it's just wild. It's just wild. And and then nothing's going to get fixed, right? They get rid of Porzingis and the selling point to the fan base was, well, we're going to get Durant. We're going to win the lottery. And it's like, no, dude, you can't count on that. These guys are, they do their own thing. So, man, I'll tell you guys as much. If the Knicks ever win a championship, RIP to New York City, they're going to burn that place to the ground shout out to Seth Rollins they're gonna burn it down yo they are of all the sport franchises in the world they are the one team that if they were to win a championship the city would not be able to stand upright that's how the Knicks fans are a super loyal fan base uh, I like to always say when I'm talking to girls I'm like oh how, how do we know you're loyal it's like. Man, I've been a Knicks and Met fan my whole life. Blue and orange to the end. Help. Help me. Uh, New York Knicks. Once again, sickening is uh, the best way to explain it. So, yeah. Let's get to my guy, Kevin Jones of Blue Wire Pods. But before we do, let's take a break for a read. did this in my own life. (laughs) Fellas, fellas, fellas. If there's one thing you've heard me say throughout the entire history of Veterans Minimum, no dick, no hope. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off and we blame ourselves like saying, ah, we lost our juice. We lost the mojo or it was a long day at work. But we're Roman. It is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of the man region. Guys, no dick, no hope. If there's anything you ever take out of me in this podcast, it's that. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free 2-day shipping. There's nothing that gets me more aroused than anything that's free. That's getroman.com/bluewire for a free visit to get started. getroman.com/bluewire baby. Did this in my own life. All right, guys, joining me now is my guy, Kevin Jones, baby. Kevin Jones is the founder and CEO of Blue Wire. Blue Wire is a sports podcasting startup. He's a host of a 49ers analysis pod. He must be on cloud nine right now, probably feeling a little crazy in the mail region. Kev, how are you feeling about the Niners, man? And welcome to the show.
2: Oh, man, Nick, thanks for having me. Pumped to be on Veterans Minimum, but. Yeah, I podcast about the 49ers the last four years. They were 2-14 under Chip Kelly. The first two years under Kyle Shanahan were a disaster um, just in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo's knee injury and just not winning football games. So it feels like they've ascended really quickly. It feels like they're the surprise team. Everything's going the right way. Fans are super engaged in the content, so we love that. But, yeah, I mean, as someone who has followed this team closely for many years, it feels a little surreal, I'm not going to lie. They look like the best team in the NFC right now. They look like they really can make the Super Bowl.
1: So are you are you originally a Niners fan? Like, are you from there?
2: I originally am a Redskins fan from D.C. I covered the Niners 2015-16 um, as a reporter. I left the reporting industry to go work at Facebook and I thought to myself why uh, you know fans already love what I have to say I should probably just do a podcast and tweet instead of doing it you know daily which would be an article and radio why don't I podcast and tweet so yeah I kind of made the transition of you can still be a commentator in sports for a local team and not be there daily I kind of earned enough credibility I definitely start to root for the team a little bit now that the lines have been blurred a little bit um and like i don't have journalistic integrity right now i think podcasting you develop a relationship with the fans the fans who listen to me love the 49ers i feel the same connection i watch a team every week i spend hours of my time consuming their stuff so yeah i grew up a redskins fan unfortunately they we don't have to waste time talking about them but yeah my content is all about the 49ers
1: man it's funny that you mentioned the Redskins because I'm, I'm a big Giants fan and through the years I feel like me you know I've been doing the podcast now for four years August was uh, the four year anniversary and Kev I feel like as the years have gone by and look the Giants have you know since 2017 they, they've lost more games than the Browns have and that's an 0-16 season in that too so I think my fandom has kind of leveled out a little bit like look my week still is dictated on whether or not they win or lose. But at yeah. some point when year in, year are out, you're one in six. It's like, all right, uh, what's, what's Chase Young going to look like in blue next year? You know what I'm saying?
2: That's what I've been going through the last few years. That's why this is so surprising. that Jimmy Garoppolo, his first season as 49ers quarterback, is beating the Saints on the road, is beating Aaron Rodgers by four touchdowns at home. Now, obviously, the defense has helped early in the season, but... I thought that this New Orleans game this past week was really Jimmy Garoppolo's statement game that he really can't be questioned. He's in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. He can win games for the 49ers when called upon. It was his number in the biggest moment. 49ers lose that game. They're probably a wild card. They probably don't get out of the second round of the playoffs. Now they're probably going to be the first round by. We'll have to see. They have to beat Seattle. Um, you know, Everything's going to come down to a Week 17 showdown, but this is a iconic 49ers season. Jimmy Garoppolo
1: has been the start of it. Man, Jimmy G, I feel like he's been such a polarizing quarterback the last couple of years, right? He was the heir apparent to Brady, and then there was the fallout in New England about Kraft wanting to side with Brady and rumors of Brady wanting Jimmy G out and Belichick wanting to keep him. What, was it this game that kind of locked you into Jimmy G being the guy for the Niners, or has it been... <laughs> This was just the icing on the cake.
2: I've always believed in him, to be honest. I think he has more talent than Matt Ryan, and we've seen what Kyle Shanahan did with Matt Ryan. So to me, you just gonna have to prove it, and he's proven it in spurts against certain teams. But like the Browns were supposed to be good this year, and the 49ers killed them earlier in the year. The Panthers were really good at the beginning of the year. It turns out they're not that good. So Jimmy G was beating the opponents in front of him, Now, the 49ers rely a lot on the run game. They did not against New Orleans, at least not as much as they had in the past. It was really quick hitting Jimmy to start the game. He also had a huge uh, 70-yard touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. I think with him, he was able to come down from two touchdowns early to get the momentum back. And then, listen, George Kittle made the play of the game, but with 53 seconds left to kind of still move the football down the field. um, Yeah, this guy, I think, has what it takes If the 49ers are at home throughout the playoffs, if they get the number one seed, I think they can beat the Packers. I think they can beat the Saints. I'm not sure about the Seahawks. So if they get the right draw, you could be seeing San Francisco headed to Miami for the Super Bowl.
1: Yo, you bring up a good point how they – they just destroy teams too like you talk about that panther that panther week was always uh i had given it as one of my favorite picks of the year i took the, the panthers plus six and the game was over after the first quarter you know there there's a a saying in sports betting where they say good teams win and great teams cover the niners are eight and four against the spread this year and like you said they're just like you know they beat up on rogers they they they, they want to shoot out in New Orleans, which is a very, very tough place to play and something tough to do. And, you know, I want to pivot over a little bit to George Kittle, man, because I, I've always been a George Kittle fan because he's also like a huge wrestling fan and I'm a big WWE guy. Is he the most important non-quarterback to an offense in football? Because I think he is for what he does for the Niners.
2: Even more than that, man, I've started calling him Draymond for the 49ers in a sense that he is actually their true leader, even though he's a goofball, rah rah guy, he's the one lifting the hardest, he's the one practicing the hardest, he's the one who loves football more than anyone. I think it's the same for the Warriors too. Like Draymond got in there and you know Jimmy G's not a leader. He's similar to Steph Curry, he he is a leader of course, but like he's not gonna be the one truly speaking up he'd rather have someone else do it and so i think george kittle from an on the field perspective i agree with you he's the the best weapon right now in the nfl from what he can do yards at the, after the catch where you can line him up how good of a run blocker he is but for the 49ers actually this dude has become everything he's become the leader he's a fifth round pick that came in guess what now they have people like matt breeda Raheem Mostert, who believe in this, themselves more, as they look at George Kittle. George Kittle lifts weights at the same time every day. He eats food at the same time every day. He he developed a habit and a routine. And John Lynch said, other people follow George Kittle's routine. It's he's he's developed something into the inside the building. So it's more than on the field with him. He's like truly the leader of the team. You have Richard Sherman. You have other voices as well. I think that's what outsiders don't understand is that George Kittle means so much to this franchise he's gonna get a huge huge contract does it get all the way up to 100 million i don't know but i mean he's he's that valuable he's essentially wide receiver one for this entire office
1: yeah and i also, you bring up a good point how he leads by example this dude was a fifth round pick out of iowa and like i feel like he's the reason why iowa now is quote unquote <laughs> tight end university and i just think that for what he does for that offense, you know, the the game that he missed and he was up in the booth, you could tell that they just missed him because I was watching the game yesterday with my pops, and my pops knows football, but he's like this old-school Greek dude. And on that fourth down play, he's like, oh, they're going to go to 85. And then when he catches that pass and he runs up the sideline and then he gets mugged on the face mask, which was a really, really brutal face mask if you, if you look at it closely. My pops was just like... If I knew that that was happening, how did the Saints not know? Do, do you find that crazy sometimes, man? When like you know where the ball's going, and professional teams still can't make a stop.
2: Yeah, it's so chaotic sometimes on the field. But I I agree with you. I think the Saints um, the, the problem with them is that their defense isn't really that good. I wasn't scared of them. They you know numerically they're great. Their front four is great, but I really feel like. You can throw all over them. Emmanuel Sanders proved that. Um, Debo Samuel was running loose. Uh, the 49ers were able – they've not had this type of offensive performance. They crushed Carolina, but like like I said and you said, Carolina kind of quit. Um, I, I felt like New Orleans, their defense was almost helpless. I felt like the 49ers' defense really did turn it around the second half besides that last drive from Drew Brees. Um, you know, remember – this game was 21-7 so the 49 Irish went on what a 41 something run 41 to like 25 run so actually not that big of a run but you know they took advantage of you know midway through the second quarter and controlled the rest of the game felt the Saints defense uh, like I said was helpless a little bit
1: so Shanahan comes over a couple of years ago and you know people were I, f- I feel like this was a prove it year for him also because the excuses were kind of ran its course right like year one he didn't have a quarterback and then garoppolo comes in and they rattle off those five straight wins which my, my buddy impy and i on our sports betting show we kind of just were money lining the niners we were like yo they're gonna run the table and whatnot and then the next year what was it week two i think he tore his acl
2: yep yeah so no, week, three, week three against the chiefs
1: yeah yeah so in september he tears his acl so you're like all right you know what the shanahan you can't you can't fault him he lost his quarterback they they broke the bank on him and whatnot and then this year was a really big prove-it year for this team and this organization because also john lynch has been pulling the strings as well how do you feel their drafts have gone because i find it hard to complain about anything that they've done
2: well i mean so the first year solomon thomas in 2017 was the number three overall pick he's been a mess for sure Mm -hmm. um and then Reuben Foster was also that draft. So they actually were under a lot of fire, to be honest. Their first draft class was, outside of Kittle, pretty much nothing. C.J. Beathard, Joe Williams, the running back, they ended up cutting. Um, they got Matt Breed as an undrafted free agent, but 2017 was almost a wash. 2018, they got Mike McGlinchey in here, a right tackle he's been pretty damn good. Dante Pettis, the second round receiver has been a bust. Fred Warner looks like a superstar third rounder. So, I mean, they have their hits, they have their misses. Their hits have been amazing. They're actually better. It looks like a drafting in the third, fourth, fifth round than they are first. They're like missing a talent, talent evaluations there. Kyle is, he's definitely a draft evaluator, but he understands players in the league a lot better than college. He'll even like tell you this, like, He's not sure. He's, he's guessing a lot of times with the prospects like most guys are. So, um, yeah, John Lynch was on the hot seat heading into the season. If they went 4-12, and 12, they were going to have to make a change, whether it was the coordinator or GM or bring in an extra person. And so those conversations are over. Now it's Kyle's probably going to win Coach of the Year. Jimmy Garoppolo might win Comeback Player of the Year after his ACL. Nick Bosa could win Defensive Rookie of the Year. And then you're talking Pro Bowls for Warner, Kittle, Probably DeForest Buckner, maybe even Richard Sherman. You're probably going to have five to six Pro Bowlers overall. So I mean, this team every year you have a surprise team in every league. They were clearly it this year.
1: Yeah, I actually picked them in the beginning of the year to win the division, and uh, my buddies that I did the show with, they were like, "Yo, you're crazy. You're too early on them." But I just, I just liked everything coming together, and I'm with you on what you said earlier about Jimmy G, how. I kind of bought my stock on him early on. You know, for for Belichick and all that stuff to come out of New England, I, I felt like that was very telling that they didn't want him to go. And it's it's been proven right so far. You know, a guy that I feel like you didn't mention, man. What about Debo? Are you a Debo guy or what?
2: Yeah, I am. I wanted him pre-draft. I think he moves out the football tremendously. He had a huge reverse that really opened up things um, at the end of the game there in the fourth quarter before it went to – Oh, yeah, on the last drive. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a Debo fan. Dante Pettis came in here and did this last year, was a big playmaker, and then kind of disappeared year two. So I think with receivers, especially second, third, fourth rounders, they've got to do it for a couple of years in a row before I fully say that he's the man. He still doesn't feel like the wide receiver one, like how Kittle is for this offense. still feels like he's kind of more your 60-catch-a-year guy, maybe 1,000 yards, which is a very productive player. But I... I'm not ready to call him superstar yet. However, they're trusting him in key moments, and he's definitely stepped up the last couple weeks.
1: Yeah, that's the thing with me, too, when I'm watching them, how he he doesn't, you know, blind resume kind of thing, just the eye test. I wouldn't be able to tell that he's a rookie.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm with you. Kyle likes to throw people in the water. Can they sink or swim? And he's definitely swimming right now. Uh,
1: The the trade for Emmanuel Sanders, that's definitely helped them. Do you think that was something that was... Uh, out of desperation that they didn't, they weren't ready to crown Debo Samuel? Or was it just they needed that, that extra oomph on offense?
2: Yeah, it was desperation, to be honest. Receiver had been probably the worst position on the team. They've had, like, dropped catches that turned into interceptions the whole nine. So it was desperation. Emmanuel Sanders is also a free agent after the year. So they let him go. They'll get a comp pick back. But I believe they gave a third and a fourth for him. They also don't have a second-round pick next year for the D4 trade. So they're going to be very light in draft picks. They're going to have a first and then a fifth-rounder, and they could trade some people and get some extra picks. But, yeah, Sanders, to me, doesn't look like he's 32. When you say this with Debo, he doesn't look like a rookie. Sanders still looks like he has some mileage left, as he proved yesterday. He also threw a touchdown pass. He's very versatile. You can do a lot of different things with him. Um, I'm a fan of him i think they still might draft receiver in the first round they they probably need some more help at corner they've had some revelations there this year with some undrafted guys emmanuel mosley but um i still think receiver could be in a better position o-line could be in a better position but again they don't have to worry about the draft this year because hey they don't have a lot of picks and b they might be in the super bowl
1: yeah that's true and and it seems like at the moment right now they they got a They still have that head-to-head with the Seahawks later on in the year where they got to go to the 12th man. Of all the teams in the NFC, which one would put fear in your heart if they had to go through Levi? Or do you just don't give a damn who it's going to be?
2: Seahawks. They Mm. have never been able to beat them historically. Russell Wilson, I think the scrambling quarterbacks give them more fits. They destroyed Rodgers. They beat Drew Brees. I think they can beat pocket passers easier. Russell just... If you, if you leave him a window open, he will make the play. He will win the game. Now, they, they shit the bed last night against um, the Rams, but still don't want to play them in the playoffs, especially on the road. However, if it's at Levi's, you know, I'm confident in pretty much anyone, but, you know, I, I think they'd struggle the most to beat the Seahawks. Like, they could crush the Packers again. Saints, I think, it would be a good game, but... At the end of the day, it is the playoffs, man. And a lot of these teams are a lot more experienced than the 49ers. They're gonna have a lot of rookies for the first time ever in the playoffs. Like, you know, muscles get tense and tighter. Mm. You you can't measure that through analytics. So it's it, it, it will be tough. If they're on the road, they somehow screw this up and have to go to Seattle, it's gonna be a super tough feat to to win there and go to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, that, that was my biggest hesitation to pick them to you know go to the super bowl coming into this year because i i did have vibes of them being those those ram teams in like 2016 2017 where they you know they snuck up on everyone year one of mcveigh and they win their division and then they lost to the falcons at home and you're right like you talk about the young guys that that one punt returner and returner for the rams he had two fumbles and ultimately it cost them the game and a lot of a lot of bad drops by the receivers but I think with this team, you know, Shanahan, he has Super Bowl experience. Garoppolo's been with an organization that, I mean, shit, they're in the Super Bowl pretty much every year, the the Patriots. And, like, Sherman's been there, too. So they have these guys with the experience where I think it was completely different with those Rams teams earlier on uh, just a couple of years ago. Wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um I think the the turnaround is, is surprising. Look at the Rams, though. Like you just said, Super Bowl hangover this year. They've kind of fallen out of favor. It's going to be tough for them to make the wild card. They're going to need a lot of things to happen their way. Um, windows aren't open forever, man. And Jimmy G could get hurt next year. Same with Richard Sherman or Kittle. Like The 49ers, if they're healthy, they have to pounce now. If they somehow lost in the first round of the playoffs, it would be a huge disappointment. If they somehow were the wild card and lost to Dallas – it, even if they lose at home, I think, to the Saints or the Packers in the first round, it's going to be a huge disappointment. So there's the level of expectations has certainly increased. And like you said, your friends are like, oh, they're not ready. This is too early. This is what happens when you exceed expectations. Now the expectation meter gets put a little bit ahead of you, and you have to live up to them. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be... If you're if you're a realist and truly understand, this franchise made a huge step in the right direction. But I I think fans would be pretty bummed if they don't make the NFC Championship game.
1: Yeah, especially with some of the wins that they have this year too. And you know, I was I was super impressed with them last week when they lost to the Ravens. I thought that was I got a lot more out of the Niners than I did out of Baltimore. And some of my friends call me crazy for that, but you know, I, I thought having to come back. And that's another thing, too. I just realized they went back-to-back East Coast trips.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, their schedule the last five weeks was Packers, was uh, Ravens, or was Seahawks way before that, and Saints. They've basically been in the playoffs the last five weeks, which could help them. A lot of people played these games early in September. The 49ers are feeling like very battle-tested. And relatively healthy with three weeks left in the season, they're obviously going to have a huge game against Seattle. But the next two are against Atlanta at home and the Rams at home. So the schedule eases up a little bit. They're coming off a lot of tough games. They can't have any letdowns, which is possible, but feels like the schedule is, is setting up for them now that they've been through the gauntlet.
1: Man, I feel like the Bay Area has had some good run of sport. I wouldn't say sports luck, but sports coverage, right? Yeah, the even. Even like in 2011, 2013, the, the Kaepernick Niners and the Harbaugh Niners, and then before you know it, you know you have that little down period, but then you have the Warriors just come out of nowhere. What's, what's the scene like in the Bay Area nowadays for sports?
2: Oh, yeah, no one's happy unless it's a championship. So you had the San Francisco Giants win 2010, 2012, 2014. You had the Warriors win 2015, 2017, 2018. Yeah, the, the Niners are either one of the best in the league or one of the worst. They really have never been in between the last fifteen years. Like they're usually not eight eight. They're either three and thirteen or thirteen and three. So it's a really strange paradox with them. Um, I'd say, yeah, people expect championships here. I'm not from here, but like I won't call it an elitist attitude, but you know, Apple is out here, Google is out mm-hmm. here, face like people expect to be the best at everything of what they do um, and that includes like their sports fandom and their teams and so A, it's fun to like have championship expectations but B, there's probably a lot of disappointment a lot of the times because they are they are falling short um, you know the Niners particularly but yeah I mean the Bay Area and Boston are the class of the last 20 years in terms of winning championships obviously you've had some in New York as well too with the Giants and Yankees, but feels like the Bay and Boston are on another level.
1: Man, my self-esteem as a sports fan nowadays, Kev, is at an all-time low, bro. Like, The Giants <laughs> are playing on Monday Night Football tonight prior to us recording, and I'm like, what? why? Why do the Giants have primetime games? It's just an embarrassment. The entire organization sucks. The Knicks fire Fizdale. They've had the most head coaches since... Dolan bought the team in 2000 and they've had the most starting five combinations and it's just a mess and it's like sure it's the mecca and it's New York City and all the bright lights but like nowadays you don't even need that man social media has really changed the game where guys could go to Oklahoma City they could go to San Antonio or Cleveland and be the number one jersey seller in the league you know so it just sucks New York self-esteem is is at an all-time low right now
2: Oh man yeah it's tough like i told you i'm from dc so redskins wizards i'm used to that but we did have the caps and the nats kind of get us championships too so <laughs> hang in there man it's coming back around it's cyclical you're gonna you're gonna catch a break with someone here i think the giants should chop everyone's head off um really start over from scratch with new coach new gm
1: oh yeah that, that's for sure I'm i'm dying for them to get ron rivera you mentioned you mentioned the capitals and the nationals right like did that was is that something you still follow though like I, I feel if if I was to move to, like, Cincinnati or, or, or like, Miami or some shit, like, I'd still root for my New York teams.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely do. You end up reading a lot more and, like, following highlights and watching every single game. It just becomes too much of a challenge. So, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm a bigger baseball guy than hockey, so Nats is, it, like, them winning, especially because it was unexpected. They kind of went on this crazy run. Like, that was... Um, exciting for me. but yeah, I, you lose touch a little bit, of course, but I you know I still have a subscription to the Po Washington post, so I'm you know always on there daily, see what everyone's saying about the teams and uh, you know, group chat with my buddies, but um yeah, the grass is greener in San Francisco, man than 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 d c. if you're trying to run a company or meet investors, so you know blue wire out here puts us in a good position to be here.
1: Of all the teams you root for. Or cover which which team would you want to see win a championship next?
2: I mean Niners for sure because mm. I'm just so close to the to the fan base. Um, so it would be them. I don't think the Redskins deserve anything. So until <laughs> they like get, get their act together. I literally broke up with the team like when they have bad things happen I, I I laugh or i'm like i'm so disengaged that it's actually crazy like they've the product is literally eroded it's like they're a shell of themselves so if they if they got it right like i would root for my friends who are still fans of the team but like they're a complete punchline so yeah i'm an nfl guy first and foremost so it'd be niners and then redskins if i if, if a genie could grant my wishes
1: one last football question, and then we'll get to a little bit about Blue Wire because we've mentioned them in passing, but I want more people to understand exactly what Blue Wire is, what they offer, and whatnot. What team in the AFC would you most want to avoid in the Super Bowl?
2: Oh, man, it's tough. I went back and forth on my pod today with this. I think I think it's Baltimore because, I again, I think the running quarterbacks give the 49ers more problem than pocket passing. However... Look at what Belichick did to Sean McVay last Super Bowl. Also, Kyle, the 28-3 to lead. Remember, he was the one that blew that lead against right. Bill Belichick in the past. Uh, it would be a coin flip situation. I think I'd prefer to play New England. They just don't feel like the talent is fully there this year. It feels like the 49ers have a more talented roster. Um, Baltimore, they're... I almost want to say they're unbeatable if Lamar is playing at his best because they, they can they're good enough defensively and they can play keep away on offense and just kill the clock once they have the lead.
1: So no, you wouldn't be afraid of the Chiefs. You'd be buying those shirts already.
2: I think they could beat the Chiefs pretty handily. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. I think the Chiefs are on the same level as the as the Saints or the Packers, like pretty damn good. I'm a huge Mahomes fan. Um, I think I don't know how great their O line is. I don't, I don't I haven't studied their o line as much this year so i'm I'm in the dark a little there but I know that the 49ers d line could probably give Mahomes more problems than lamar i'm I'm not super scared of the chiefs great win yesterday though and like to do yeah th- to do what they did is pretty impressive on the road but yeah so i in order who I'd want to play is chiefs Patriots and then Ravens
1: yeah I was just looking at their because because i i i uh kind of a piece of shit over here kev i made a financial investment on the chiefs and the sports betting markets uh to start the year and their odds jumped out to me as i was looking at you know i always look every monday or tuesday i look at the betting lines and betting odds and futures and whatnot and you know they were 12 to 1 going into that game yesterday and this was a team who was was them and the patriots were the favorites and that kind of just jumped out to me right now it's the ravens are the favorite to win the super bowl then it's your san francisco 49ers slightly behind them so yeah I just I don't know I I feel like I I guess this is these are the times now where we live in the moment like Mahomes was doing what Lamar Jackson is doing you know just 12 months ago you know and I, I feel like a lot of people have forgotten what how great Mahomes was
2: yeah it's I'm curious I'm putting this poll on Twitter right now as we're talking I want to see what 49ers fans think but um at the end of the day um it's going to be a tough matchup probably against any of them. I, th- I think if the Ravens run the table and are undefeated, like they're just going to be very insurmountable in my opinion.
1: All right, so Kev, tell the people a little bit about Blue Wire, man. What is what is Blue Wire?
2: Yeah, man, so I kind of alluded a little to it at the beginning, but I used to cover the 49ers. I covered the Cleveland Browns and Redskins when I first got started. I basically think that radio may not exist in its current format five ten years from now podcasting obviously is the young consumers prefer it the problem is that it's so fragmented there's lots of sports content everywhere everyone's either on their own line you know island or they work for espn or the ringer there should be another team that's more inclusive that finds existing content that helps launch it from scratch with people like taj boyd from clemson who's on blue wire taylor bashati from the nfl network there's a lot of underappreciated really good talent out there and we're putting them on the same team. So yeah, think of us like an expansion team like the Houston Texans in O2. We think that we're gonna become a big media outlet. Um influencer talk shows is how we're getting started. We're gonna do some big serialized content next year, tell stories about Ken Griffey Jr., the Portland Jailblazers. Um yeah, we're gonna become a, a sports audio network man uh we, we have some cool partnerships with whistle sports and 70 podcasts already on the network so if you want to search for good content search blue wire and apple spotify is actually where all of our content pops up apple kind of limits it to like 30 podcasts i want to say when you search blue wire so if you have spotify search us there all of our pods will come up a lot of regional pods we have a yankees pod bronx pinstripes laker film room miami heat beat but we have like a premier league one we have gambling one now we have uh veterans minimum who's going to talk about everything so yeah man it's exciting we have some investors on board actually um excited to reveal we have an nfl player who became one of our investors he's a pro bowler on defense we're going to reveal that when the time's right man but i think a lot of people are bought into the vision man so it's it's excited to join forces with you
1: yeah, and I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate you know we've we've spoke a little bit behind the scenes, but to everyone listening, uh, VM is now going to be a part of the Blue Wire Pods network, and you know it it meant a lot to me because I put a lot of time and effort into this, and you know I rarely sleep. Uh, if if you follow me on social media, you'll see I'm up uh, literally all hours of the day. So it, it's nice, it's very humbling, and it's it's also very satisfying that this stuff is working you know is it moving as fast as i wish it might have been moving probably not but also i think you know this is the foundation this is the groundwork that needs to be laid in order to you know get to where i want to get to one day and man you you couldn't have been nicer blue wire couldn't have been nicer Uh, shout out to my guy greg who i had him on the phone till like 1 a.m helping me set up everything (laughs) uh definitely got to get his information more so i can send him a a merch bundle and whatnot but yeah kev uh if i haven't said it enough i appreciate you reaching out and thinking that the product is good enough to be a part of your uh your 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 baby your brainchild
2: it is man you're doing amazing stuff um and excited to see where things go uh i love this back and forth and going to continue to be listening to veterans minimum every Monday and Thursday and whenever you drop other episodes too.
1: Yes, sir. Now, Kev, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Plug away. I know you've plugged a bunch of things, but now is the time to plug it one more time for the loyal listeners.
2: Yeah. Um, Twitter is Mr. Underscore Kevin Jones. When you have a popular name like that, you kind of have to throw some stuff in the <laughs> handle. So should come up right away, even if you type in Kevin Jones, one of the first two, and then you know follow me there for 49ers Takes. And then again, just search Blue Wire wherever you listen to podcasts. We have a lot of other shows similar to Nick and myself that are smart, sarcastic, young sports commentators. I think we're going to be next. I appreciate you, man.
1: Thank you, Kev. You're the man, and we'll be in touch.
2: All right, guys. Later.
1: Yeah, so that's the announcement that I've been teasing. For those of you that are members of the Patreon, you guys have known about this. I spoke about it about a couple of weeks ago. This has been in discussion for a a while now you know this is not something that gets rushed to judgment and I'm someone that likes to I never say yes to something right away I like to take a day or two write everything down I'm a little old school I like to handwrite even though my handwriting is trash and I evaluate everything and it's the right move for the show it's the right move for me Uh, spoke with alan and alan was like dude we gotta pull the trigger we gotta jump on board now and uh, i love some of the stuff that blue wire brings to the table um if i didn't i wouldn't be joining them you guys know how i am i don't just read ads for things i don't believe in and things i don't you know vouch for and blue wire is pretty dope and they got some really cool stuff i'm a big wrestling fan and chris van vliet has he's affiliated with, with with blue wire and you know uh, Kevin's been super awesome. Pete's been awesome. All the guys behind the scenes have really blessed it. So, yes, this is the big announcement. VM is now a part of a startup podcasting network, and it is a legit one. Got some investors too, got some sponsors. It's going to be some dope shit coming out of VM. The show's not going to change. That's another thing that the guys afforded me the luxury to, you know, just like an indie wrestler, I have complete creative control uh they're not censoring anything everything is cool they like what they hear and whatnot so the show is not going to change and you know the the biggest thing for me was to get more eyes on the product right because i think the product is dope and if you don't think it's dope you know how the saying goes we got two words for you but There's a huge Rolodex of guests that I'll be able to have on the show in 2020. I'm thinking big picture. I really want to go and travel and do some interviews and whatnot. So that's a big announcement. You'll notice in the logo that uh, we are a part of a podcast network now called Blue Wire. Check them out. BlueWirePods.com. Check out Kev at Mister underscore kevin jones as far as i go it's at the lamb show on all social media outlets at veterans minimum is where you can find the show and like the saying goes you know the vibes we'll catch you guys on thursday baby I'm just like